0: Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, *Lore: Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Jada Salner believes in listening to the call from within. She co-founded Simple Green Smoothies and grew her business by exponential proportions with no experience in the field. She used social media as her dance floor to share what she knew best, how to make smoothies for her family with love. Jada Sellner is the host of the Lead with Love podcast, an international keynote and TEDx speaker redefining the way we work, lead, and love. Simple Green Smoothies was featured in Oprah's O Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and CBS's The Doctor's TV show. As the co founder of Simple Green Smoothies, Jada is a serial entrepreneur and online community growth strategist. She built a community of 355,000 email subscribers and 415,000 Instagram followers. With a simple and inspiring model, Jada dedicates her time consulting companies and personal brands to build communities with love, service, and impact. Today, Jada and I discuss how to build a company with love get inspired, take imperfect action, and always trust that rejection is redirection. Let's dig in. I'm so excited to introduce today Jada Selner. Welcome to Gold. Thank you for being on my show.
1: Thank you for having me, Jeanette. I'm excited for where this conversation will go today.
0: I agree. <laughs> I have so many things that I want to talk about and I love conversations to flow, but I want to start off with um I love your platform with the idea of building companies with love, and the reason that this resonated so deeply with me is because I see so many women entrepreneurs who want to create businesses that offer impact, but are lost a little bit between the tools to get there and to build their list and to build their their knowledge base, and all of these folks out there in the world who are like, you know, for. you can download my simple ways to do this. And like, how do you, how do you get to a place where you are building from a place of love? And what was your experience to get to this place where you're like, this is how to do it. This is how to grow your audience.
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. I think the two words that are popping up for me right now are intuition and inspiration. And being able to start from that place of of listening to the call from within. Mm. So many times we get a lot of external outputs of this is the way that we should do things. This is the way that we should make money. This is the way that we should raise our children. And I think that we have to be willing to lean into the unconventional path and how we live our lives and how we define success. And so being able to listen to the call from within, I think is is super important and not listening to all of the noise that's going on on social media, because I think that there is, a wave in, in building an online business and make six figures in six months. Yes, and it's, and it's so easy. And, and I was drawn in, into that pathway in the beginning of my online entrepreneurial path where I really thought I, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to make six figures in six months. And that didn't happen. It mm-hmm. took more like 18 months to three years where it, it, it takes a lot longer and also moving from a place of inspiration. So I think that it sounds like you love to read and I love to read too and and I love listening to podcasts and You know, watching people speak and just getting inspired and taking imperfect action from that place Mm. of inspiration versus desperation. And when we create and build from that place, I think that that's when people really feel the love inside your business, inside the way that you want to help someone. But when we're just kind of chasing for these external metrics of success, like I want to grow my email list to a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand email subscribers. I want to make the six figures in six months. We're putting all of our attention on numbers and we're not really serving from a place of of, of love, of, of like, I really want to help somebody. And I think the best entrepreneurs, the most successful companies are creating some type of transformation for people and not just making it about the transaction. And I can just think of like many companies that make you feel something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my soulmate brand is anthropology. I don't know if you've ever walked into an anthropology store, but I, that's like all the, if you ever see me wearing something, I'm most likely wearing anthropology, but there's this attention to detail and like arousing the senses. Like there's a certain candle smell that's going on. There's music playing. Um, There's just an extra level of detail and attentiveness um, that shows that you care. And I think that when we are building companies that we have to incorporate, that we actually care about the people, not just about the transaction
0: oh so many you've said so many things that I'm like yes like I want to go deeper into each of them and I think that it's so important like you were talking about building from a place of inspiration and not desperation and and the feel that you have when you interact with certain brands and understanding that you feel cared for or held within their attention rather than being marketed to or upsold like the difference between walking into a car dealership and walking into a starbucks there's a completely different feel to it a starbucks feels like community you go there it's comforting granted there's some addictive aspect to caffeine however they a lot of times know your name and i think that that's a beautiful kind of Um, You're almost giving permission to women to kind of say, okay, let me actually dig back into that intuitive side of myself and look at the way that I bring my friendships around and my relationships around and treat my um, clients and customers and consumers in the same form or fashion. And There's something else that you said that I really appreciated. I actually posted something um, recently about social media being an energetically neutral tool. It's the energy that you bring into it that defines your experience. And I think that that's something too that we really have to get our heads around is that as we're looking for ways to build our following or build our brand or build our whatever, it's not necessarily to get to that 10,000 so you get the swipe up feature or so that you get um, the blue check mark. But what is the experience that you're offering others um, when they're experiencing you? And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. When you talk about... The difference between desperation and inspiration, and giving the person the, the the opportunity to kind of look at love over metrics, like what are the what are the starting points there? Is it really just kind of spending some time with yourself? Um, is it going to a practice to help you kind of find yourself again in some of all of those business plans that are around your feet? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, a big piece for me is, is, is being called forward. There's like this whisper. I love what Oprah talks about Mm -hmm. is like, there's, you have this calling and it's, and it's a whisper and you kind of hear it and it's like moving you. It wants you to like, Oh, go over here, check this out. And then it becomes a little bit louder until it's like a knock upside your head where Mm -hmm. you're like, please listen, like (laughs) alert, alert. we need to like, you know, pivot or move in this direction. You just, um, so for me in in the business context, I always say like to show your dance moves on the dance floor Mm -hmm. and to use whatever, you know, how you're talking about social media, social media being a a neutral tool that we can use. We can use it for good or we can use it to, to harm. Mm -hmm. And I find a way like if we look at social media or whatever platform where you feel the most expressed, it's an opportunity for actually for you to express your gifts and your service in the world and to not look at it as a tool to um, try to outrank someone or try to prove yourself. I um, am even guilty of of getting caught in a space of like, oh, if I feel like I'm proving um that i'm good enough or that i'm worthy then i can i can feel it i can mm. feel the the disconnect and the um oh like that, that desperation of like, I need to prove that I'm worth it, that I know something versus just be and, and, and showing up and being able to add value. And so an example with the company that I co-founded Simple Green Smoothies, um, and I exited that company in 2016 so that I could follow the next nudge, that next call and my heart. But one way that we showed our dance moves on the dance floors was we weren't trying to be experts. Um, my business partner and We weren't nutritionists. We didn't have any fancy health degrees. I personally don't have any college degrees. So instead of trying to prove my knowledge or expertise, I just shared what I knew. And what I knew was how to put spinach and raspberries and mango and pineapple and coconut milk into a blender. Like it was an easy habit that I created and built and got my daughter to drink green smoothies, my husband, myself. And I shared what I knew with other people and taking photos of the ingredients that I was sharing. Instead of trying to get someone to come and join my email list for those five simple recipes or um, selling them something, I just used Instagram and Facebook as a dance floor to share what I do know versus trying to prove, but just to add value and and serve the people. And I, I think that sometimes in the beginning stages, you know, we're being marketed in so many different ways and so many tools, tactics, strategies that you can mm-hmm. implement, that we skip the foundation of just being able to share our voice and message and add value without needing to immediately get someone on our email list where I look at your, your email list is like that's your bedroom where you're having private one on one conversation with someone and I look at your blog or your website as as your home right where people want to feel safe and welcome but we actually need to add that value and trust on the dance floor first and not just the trust to to attract the people in into our world and, and build that community, but to build trust in ourselves and our own message and ideas. Because I think so often we're trying to sell or convert or mm-hmm. do all of these things before we even trust our own selves that we can help people get results or solve a problem in the world.
0: That's so profound because it's it's asking someone who comes from a business mindset, right? They're looking at it as as being a business, and I think sometimes I can go into the argument that we were, we kind of are raised in a patriarchal kind of society where we feel that there's numbers and metrics, and there's got to be a um, performa, and we have to have ROI, and we have all of these acronyms and all of these data sets to help us prove that what we're doing works because we need a funder, or we need to we need income, or we need whatever, and it's it's truly a fear-based kind of mindset as opposed to that self-awareness you spoke of where you're like, I know when I'm trying to prove myself. And I think to me that that was like one of those watershed moments where you're like, you do know those things, right? You know when you walk into a room and you have to put your ego on because for some reason you don't feel that you belong there, Um, as opposed to when you walk into a room and you feel loved and you feel supported and you know that you're standing within your own grace and your own knowledge base and you can share that from a really pure place. And I think that there is such a strong need for self-awareness in business um, and as a leader of an organization or someone who's, who's building a brand, understanding like, hey, this doesn't feel good. And I've actually had to make some decisions even through the course of my kind of entrepreneurial journey with some of my partnerships, saying this, this doesn't feel good because I'm being asked to make decisions that don't resonate with who I am as a person. Um, my marketing teams are asking me to do things that don't feel good. I'm looking at the people as numbers as opposed to humans. And, and kind of adjust some of those strategies so that I can feel like I am helping someone and I imagine them in their living room with their own children and you know wanting to create some kind of change in their life so that their lives are better as opposed to having them part with cash um, or, or their email address. So I think I love that. I think I love that call to kind of create some self-awareness within yourself and understand um, what that looks like. When you, um, I, I read a lot about your relationship with um, Simple Green Smoothies and the way you built that brand um, and it was like, it's a really beautiful, kind of like a calm story, right? There's not this huge like, oh, we did this and it structured at this and we did this. You you built it to a place where um, you had a personal relationship and I was watching one of your talks where you spoke about them almost being like your, your clients and customers, consumers or Followers, you all thought of them as being like one person, not a cl- like a, a group of people, but one person that you were talking to. Could you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so you know, really getting clear on on who is that one person that you want to transform their lives and you know, this is, this is very common in business and marketing is to come up with your, your customer avatar, Mm -hmm. who is your ideal dream, you know, client that you want to serve. And, and, and it's one of those, you know, basic questions that are asked. And, and it's also sometimes one of the hardest, because when we have a heart of service, and we want to make an impact in the world, we want to help everybody and their mama, like Mm -hmm. all the people. And, I think that this exercise invites you to get super clear on one person and it's a very challenging exercise because we don't want to choose just one, one. we want to serve one, we want to serve all, but when we get clear on like, if I could just help one person change their life, transform the way that they live in their day-to-day life, who would that one person be? And when we can connect to that person, whether you're clear on it's an actual real person or you create that person as a culmination of of the the people that you serve, there becomes this laser focus clarity on how you can best help that one person. I use this same strategy when I speak on stages, because I know that when I speak on a stage in front of, you know, 100, 3000, whatever the number is, that everyone has a different desire and need and struggle and, and fears and frustrations, and they all have different outcomes. And then, you know, you try to fit everything in like imagine if you just like put every ingredient into a blender like it would just taste like you wouldn't taste the flavor Mm -hmm. because it just has all the things in it you know it's like everything but the kitchen sink and that's sometimes what happens when we try to communicate and connect with uh the customer that we want to serve and so if we can really just laser focus in on like if I were to put a picture on my wall and just imagine speaking to one person and really diving in to their experience in the world, the good and the bad, our our conversations become so much more intimate, so much more clear mm-hmm. and connected. So inside Simple Green Smoothies, we, we gave that person a name and um, we, you know, we're like, here's where she shops. She has this many kids. She's a, you know, blogger and photographer on the side and trying, you know, just wants her kids to be healthy and you know we gave her a name like d-a-n-i danny was her name was the name that we created and we we were looking for pictures on pinterest and just you know really connecting to that person who we were speaking to instead of saying like hey everybody out there it's like hey danny just like speaking to that one person it creates this intimacy that we can scale and and to do it from a place of love and the wild thing is when we named her and and we got really specific on who we were talking to so that our messaging didn't feel muddled, didn't feel like everything but the kitchen sink, we did a blender giveaway and the person who we actually ended up choosing to win the blender, her name was Dani, like D-A-N-I. We were just like, (laughs) what? It was like the universe is like, you did well. Yes. And she like, you know, our Danny lived in like the South. She lived in the South. She was, you know, blogger on the side. It was just like, just really amazing how when we get really clear on how we want to connect, but the beautiful thing is with Simple Green Smoothies, little kids you know were drinking green smoothies and people in their 80s so we were still able to serve all but it just allowed us to get more clear on okay what are the tips and tools and strategies that we could share with Danny what is she what are her more, most pressing issues right now that we could create some content um, and tell stories that she could relate and resonate with versus kind of telling something that like everyone fits into that and and it's like if we can connect to that one person I just think that there's more depth in our experience on how we communicate with them
0: I love that I so I actually from from mine is a real person (laughs) I was um motivated by a woman um to do to build the platform that i've built um because of requests that she had so it was funny we had a group over um i'm building an app and so we had a group over at my house that we were doing a focus group and one of the people that are in pr and marketing were asking me like who is your target audience have you really gotten clear and i could say her name and talk about who she was and that was like a really beautiful thing because you could see the the group change the dynamic change because all of a sudden it wasn't a business strategy session we were talking about this human being that I know that was inspiring, um, this this group of people to come together and build something for her, and even in the the team, it, it there was a shift, um, because it was no longer the metric, right? It was yeah. it was an individual, and um, I think of her every time we're doing any type of session where we're coming up with a new plan or we're trying to test something to make sure that the technology is working. I always have her back of mind and she's been kind of like the North Star for me and I think that that's really powerful that you've kind of reflected that back in a way that I think um, there's been success behind it, right? And I love the fact that the Danny with the blender was <laughs> the same kind because you it spoke to this person and it was kind of like, a yeah, you did it. You did it well. Um, little kind of nudge from the universe. So I love that. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about this, this nudge or this whisper because one of the things that I've learned is that um, people have fantastic ideas and they have really great intentions and they want to create impact. And they're pulled. But at some point in time, we start to allow the noise outside and the, um, well, how are you going to monetize this? How are you going to do this? And you need this program. And I do remember when I first got started, um, I was being pitched a lot of programs. And I was overwhelmed because I was like, I don't know what's right. Um, how would you tell someone when they're when they're in that place to continue to look at that impact? Like you went back to this individual um, But do you have any kind of hints or tips or tricks for people who are kind of in the process of building um, to keep their focus? I am so excited to finally announce what I am working on because it has been so hard not to talk about it. Today, Gold is brought to you by Live Media, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Live is an app that will launch Christmas 2019. I have partnered with a team previously of Disney Pixar who want so deeply to use tech for good, and we're using tech for great. I have a special VIP experience built out and planned for my Gold listeners. You guys have been on this journey with me, so I can't wait to introduce you to my baby. Through mindfulness and accountability offerings, including meditation, breath work, intentional living routines, challenges, and lifestyle coaching, Live will provide you with the tools, community, and support you need to live your very best life, leveling up in every aspect. Live meets you where you are and grows with you. Each week, your Live Lab will be curated with talks, articles, meditations, visualizations, challenges, and support to help you move your goals forward in 90-day increments. At the end of 90 days, we will celebrate your accomplishments with you before assisting in selecting those goals you'd like to include in the next 90. Available to you at all times is a phone or chat session with an accountability coach, a master coach, or through an email submission to Dear Live, so that we can support you every step of the way. Live is your lifestyle and productivity concierge, a thoughtful guide and an intuitive coach to help you get out of your own way to create, to pay it forward, because a healthy you today means a healthier world tomorrow. Gold listeners will receive a free 30-day VIP experience. That means access to all of the bells and whistles by using code GOLDVIP, all caps, at loveisviral.com. Again, that is loveisviral.com, code GOLDVIP in all caps join the movement who are kind of in the process of building, um, to keep their focus.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, my invitation is to focus on embodied learning and, What that means to me is, is there's kind of like these three phases, like one is the education phase, you know, where you're just consuming all the content, you're just taking it in, you're watching webinars, you're listening to podcasts on, you know, you're dropping off your kids at school, but you're just kind of learning, getting the instruction and education. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that when you just kind of need to understand the lay of the land. Um, But then we need to move into a place of really exploration and being able to like get really connected to how we want to do the work, which means you actually have to take some action. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about like my daughter, she's 12 and we just started homeschooling with her, but she goes to this um, science lab uh, where she gets to do like real experiments and like have hypothesis and and try things on. So we have to get into this exploration phase where we're actually trying different ideas out. So instead of thinking of like I need the one pathway <laughs> right. um, to get me to the finish line, it's like hmm this this pathway seems interesting and I'm going to explore it. I'm going to try it on and see how it feels for me and my business and the community that I serve. But you don't need to be attached to that being the way. So you really just want to give yourself an opportunity to actually experiment, give yourself permission to not get it right the first time, because you won't. Um, And there will be many more times that you won't get it right. But if we really can embrace the way that we do business um, from startup to scaling, to, to embrace experimentation, and to actually just like put yourself in the room to see if it works for you, if it works for your community. Cause I remember, you know, I would join all of these, you know, paid masterminds mm-hmm. and, uh, the coach didn't understand the, the woman that I wanted to serve, Danny, you know, they're telling me all of these tactics tactics and strategies that work for people who are like how to make more money online. And I'm like, ah, but this isn't what the, this isn't what Danny needs, or this isn't the price point Danny needs. It's like, that's too low. You should charge $5,000 for, you know, it was just, it's like, they didn't know who I was serving and starting to take in that external noise. I just knew it wasn't the right fit that I needed to experiment and try stuff on and see if it fits. You know, some people are like, have pricing with sevens at the end or, you know, (laughs) people only buy if you have, you know, if you put three price options and they'll buy the one in the middle, it's like maybe for you that worked, but not for everyone. So I think that we really have to um, allow ourselves to have this experience of embodied learning where we're going to take information in as a student, we're going to, you know, learn and then we actually have to just get in and play Mm -hmm. and you're going to mess up, especially that first time Mm -hmm. and then go back and be like, okay okay, this was my hypothesis. Did it work? All right, now I'm going to get back in. So I'll share a specific uh, story. Um, I like sharing experiences of what I do with my daughter and how I can apply them to business. But we went to go play laser tag. And um, I hadn't played laser tag since I was like in the fifth grade. And I'm here with my husband, myself, my daughter, and her friend. And we they you take they take you into a room and they explain the rules and then you put your packs on and you go into the room and there were two sides you know one team was all of these like super young boys who had been playing like they play every weekend and then the other side was you know me and my family with a bunch of other parents with their little kids like toddlers like it was just like young people it was like we were the the, the team that's not going to win, you know? And so we go in and we, even though they explain the rules to us, we still didn't understand because we were never in the room and then once we were in the room, we just like, they were shooting our home base. They were just like, <laughs> getting us. We were like so confused. No one was like working together. We were just like, Oh my gosh, oh my, they're just like shooting up our home base. So we get out of that session. We lost, but now that we were, we got the instructions, we actually went in the room and saw what it was like, but like, you know, tried to shoot people, try to do whatever we could. Like our team came together and we're like, okay, we all have to work together. Some of us are going to have to take one for the team and get shot, but we're going to protect the shooter that's going to shoot their home base. Mm-hmm. And like, so we had this whole strategy. And so we go in the second time, the same team, you know, <laughs> the the misfits with all the kids and the girls and the people who never play laser tag and then the boys who always play. But this time we came in with a strategy based on experience that we went in and we followed our strategy. We were protecting each other. We were recharging. And at the end we actually, actually won. I was so shocked. But it was that we had to just go in and take action and mm-hmm. figure it out and be lost in it. But from that, we were able to create a strategy that worked for us going back in, playing again, and being able to win on the other side.
0: I love that because it's it's that whole imperfect action, right? And it's what so many times we're afraid of doing is taking the shot, um, getting shot. Um, because we have this really weird feel, fear of, of failure, but I think that that's where you have that that moment um, where you, you create the strategy because of experience, not because you downloaded a course or not because, you know, you um, are guessing at it. Um, I love, and, and you talked about it earlier, you talked about that imperfect action, the messy starts. And I struggle with that myself. I have a tendency to want everything to be perfect, to have every um, graphic line up. I ordered journals for a workshop that I'm doing and they didn't have the foil font that I wanted. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I had some entrepreneur friends who were like, it's the imperfect, it's the messy action, right? They're not going to know that you didn't get the foil um, lettering on the front of the journal and instead had to pick the sand colored. They're not going to care because... They didn't know. Um, Talk to me a little bit about imperfect action and messy starts, and what your relationship is to them.
1: Yeah, so I I just think taking imperfect action is such an essential key to being an entrepreneur in the world. But I'm I'm a perfectionist in recovery as well. I want everything (laughs) to be beautiful, and then even you know, exiting my company where we built this beautiful visual brand and having to kind of be in startup with my personal brand and like, Oh, but people have this expectation. Like I have a published book out there and I remember the, the resistance in, you know, I I really wanted to launch a podcast and I, what helps me with taking imperfect action is actually putting a timeline out there for social accountability so that I show up anyways. Mm. Um, That has been my key. Uh, So with the lead with love podcast, I, you know, we chose, it was like January, (laughs) um, the beginning of, of the year and my team was like, okay, well we have to pick a date to work backwards from. And then I was like, uh, okay, let me see. And then I saw February 14th and I was like, Valentine's Day. Oh, that's the perfect day to launch Lead with Love. Mm -hmm. But it only gave us six weeks um, to launch. And I was like, I have to send an email out to my community right now, letting them know that I'm launching a podcast on February 14th. And then I'm just going to figure it out and work my way backwards from there. Mm-hmm. So putting that date out gave me the permission to to move fast and be imperfect about it, and being able to just like, okay, we're just we're going to do whatever we can in the time that we have. So that's another thing that I talk a lot about with my clients is is honoring our capacity and knowing that you're going to get to do this again. Mm-hmm. So uh, something that I do when I know. I didn't get to do all the things or have the foil font or whatever that is. Something that I do, just a little strategy that I do is on my Trello card where I put all my to-do lists and checklists and things. I document as I create something for the first time in checklist form. So usually I don't have a checklist before I start. I create it as I'm taking the imperfect action of like, oh, these are the steps for us to launch a podcast. And I did follow a course um, to kind of help guide me and get me inspired and in action around that, but there were so many steps that needed to happen. I'm like, this is not going to happen in six weeks. So I create a checklist of, I just put next time and then I check it off. Mm. So when I re when I duplicate that checklist the next time, then I can revisit and add that in. So, you know, with the foil, I would I would do with the foil font, right? <laughs> I would just add like next time use the rose gold foil font, you know? So it's just right. like, it's like a note to myself that I'm acknowledging. This is something that I, I want to implement, but it's not right now. Yeah. Um, and even right now I'm launching a, a challenge, um, like building your 90 day business plan. And there's all these things like, I've done challenges and I have a course about challenges and I'm like, there's a, there's a way that I want to do it. Or, and, but I, I launched it in 72 hours with my team. So I'm like, I'm not going to get to do all the things that I want, but I just keep adding like next time, I'm going to do this the yeah. next time I do it. And so just making that note allows the perfectionist in me that wants everything to be so polished and presentable that I'll add that to the next iteration of doing something.
0: It's so funny. So you – watching your talk last night, um, you were talking about the spaghetti on the wall, right? Sometimes you throw spaghetti noodles on the wall and some of them stick and some of them fall off and you just have to keep throwing the spaghetti noodles on the wall. And it's so funny that you just talked about you know, creating this – I decided this morning as I was driving in that I'm going to do a, um, I'm creating something called The Next 90 and it's through my app and it's productivity and accountability. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it would be amazing if I were to set up a challenge where I helped people get through The Next 90 in preparation for New Year's. And literally, right before you and I got on the phone, I called my um, my team, and I was like, "I think we should do this." <laughs> I'm like, "I feel like this is the spaghetti noodle." Um, so I feel like I just got my confirmation from this conversation that I'm I'm taking the imperfect action. I have no idea if it's gonna what it's gonna look like, but I think that that's one of the things we have to give ourselves permission to do is is recognize that it's a learning process. And with my team, we talk about what we're creating um, as being a living laboratory you know, spending so much time um, building and creating and learning and working on that hypothesis. I almost see myself with like, uh, you know, like the, when you're in school, how the science projects were the three-sided cardboard, like that's how I imagine myself most of the time I have on goggles, a beaker and a three-sided cardboard and I'm figuring it out as I go. It's all a science experiment and I was not good at science. (laughs) So it's, it's messy. Um, But it's the starts. It's the things that you have to do to kind of move it forward and, and learn. And in retrospect, in hindsight, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but all of the weird little mishaps and adventures that I've had, even if sometimes they didn't feel super aligned to where I was heading, created some type of internal metal or experience that I was able to call on later. Have you had any moments like that where you look back and you're like, this set me up for this situation?
1: Yeah. um, You know, with Simple Green Smoothies, the way that we grew our email list to over 355,000 email subscribers was through hosting free online challenges. And, you know, I remember reaching out to another health and wellness site. Um, they had a really good Facebook following and we had a decent Instagram following at that time in, in 2012. And so we had the idea of doing a 30 day green smoothie challenge and we want to partner with them. And so I sent out this really sweet email, like we'll do all the design and um, you can even host it on your site. You know, we just want to collaborate with you, and they never responded to us. Um, and I and I always say that that is like the best no, the mm. best si- the best silent no um, that we ever received. I love um, Amber Ray. She talks about looking at rejection as redirection. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that 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 is the end. It just means we'll find another way. Yeah. And there's an opening somewhere. And just, I just imagine like what would have happened if we did partner with them? Like we would not have Grown our email list, we would not have been able to create all, all the um the wins that we were able to create from having that that no. But what I love about that no, and what has set me up is that I just put myself out there. I just reach out to people and I always just say, like, you just need 10 seconds of bravery to like hit send. Mm-hmm. I remember having my friend and mentor Jonathan Fields on my podcast. And I literally had a friend standing over my shoulder at a coffee shop to like, please send it. But I was so scared mm-hmm. that he was gonna say no or just ignore the email like these are the fears that we have and so we just need that 10 seconds of bravery to to put ourselves out there to apply for the you know to speak at that event to you know ask that person if they want to partner with you and not look at their silence or their no as as like now the, the this is over, it's just like, OK, great. There's another opportunity. And every time I put myself out there where someone said no to this, it's like, oh, but I, I organize this speaking event over here. Would you like to speak at this event? You know, so you never know what opportunities will come when you just put yourself out there and let your and let people know, let the universe know that, like, I'm available for this. I am open and we have to put a claim and a stake in the ground that we're willing to do the work um
0: yeah that you're willing to show up in the arena I I mean if you're willing to to show up um so many times and I've I I do a very beautiful pivot to where I now call them my pirouettes I mean pivots are now pirouettes (laughs) my the nose I look at them as thank you because you've moved me on to the next thing right and so many times my nose have ended up um what shows up in re- in replacing that no has always been bigger, better, more beautiful. And sometimes when I've reconnected with those people who have said no or who've said not yet or felt like I was being redirected by them, um, I'm still on their mind or I'm still in their consciousness at some point, and the and the collaboration ends up being much um, much bigger than I expected. So I just I think showing up and being in the arena and being willing to to kind of bear those parts of yourself who need to be seen and having those insane moments of bravery um, have always um, I've always been rewarded because of those. So I, I, I totally am on board with everything you just said. I want to ask you questions I ask everyone. Based on your experience and all of the things that you've accomplished and done, if you were to look back at a younger version of yourself, how old would she be and what would you want to tell her?
1: mm. I'd say 16. I feel like she's the one, <laughs> that part of me that needed the most guidance, love, and connection. And um, for her, I would say to not put a timeline on your dreams. Mm. And whatever goal that you set and you don't make, uh, don't lower your ambition. Just extend the timeline.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's very direct, <laughs> very direct, very directional. I like that a lot um, because so many times we think that the the silence is the answer, right? And um, that was beautiful. If you were to leave behind any nuggets of gold, wisdom, or inspiration as you were departing this earth for the next gen, the legacy that you wanted to leave behind, what would it be?
1: Mm, that's such a big one, and there's like so many so – so many things that bubble for me but i think really this message of of that there are no unique messages only unique messengers that i think that piece of reminding ourselves of of the wisdom and the experience and the struggles that we experience Someone else needs to hear it and to not get caught up in in the noise of of that it's already been done, but it hasn't been done your way. So I, I just really want women who are building cool things in the world to know that they are a unique messenger and that they are worthy of love and are lovable just as they are. And so that we can give love, but also receive love. I think I think women, for me specifically, who 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 give and, and want to make a difference in the world, we tend to outpour and sometimes overgive, but also making sure that we open ourselves up to receive as much love as we give.
0: Mm, I love that. And the unique messenger, I think, is so valuable because you have so many people who are like, oh, it's been done before, and why would anyone like my thing? And it's so true. We each have something special that we bring to the table and um i love that it was very very powerful i want to thank you for being um here today if people want to follow your journey or check you out where can they find you
1: yeah um anywhere that you listen to podcasts check out the lead with love podcast and to follow what i'm up to in the world you can head to JadaSelner.com or at job, Jada Selner on Instagram and Facebook.
0: I love it. Thank you for being on Gold and sharing your Gold. I've had such a great time talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I love Jada's tips for keeping you focused while building your business through embodied learning. Education, exploration, and strategy lead to the experience we all need. And remember, all it takes is 10 seconds of bravery to hit send. Subscribe to Jada's podcast, Lead With Love. Find her at jadaselner.com or on Instagram and Facebook at jadaselner. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. Gold listeners, don't forget to sign up for your 30-day Live VIP experience at loveisviral.com, code goldvip. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Pick up my new book, Laura Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.